and just praise you and thank you that you are a loving God that just as we sang that you are a savior and king and you've clothed us and have a plan for us and God right now I ask once again that you would speak through me God that I know that I can do nothing on my own power but God that your word and your spirit speaking into people's lives is what uh, changes and was powerful and effective and so I ask that you would speak through me and that wouldn't be my words but that people would be uh, blessed through you and as well just if nothing else that you would uh, keep on helping me to understand this uh, word that you have been helping me to understand as I search your word in your name we pray Amen. All right. Well, um, I thought maybe an easy way to get going on. Actually, I'm going to start with a with a side devotional topic thing, just to kind of before we go into my main point. So, if you guys would like to flip with me to Second uh, Peter uh, chapter one, verses twelve through fourteen. And I mentioned before, you know, there's no outline. I grew up in a church where you'd flip through the Bible. And maybe I'm fond of it in particular to kind of like, oh, get everyone to follow along with me. Because I was actually pretty good at finding the verse pretty fast. And, and so maybe I like that game. That's why. I don't know. But um, anyway, Second Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 12 through 14, it says, Therefore, I will always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you already know them and have been established in the truth which is present with you. Uh, I consider it right, as long as I am in this earthly dwelling, to stir you up by way of reminder, knowing that the laying aside of my earthly dwelling is imminent, as also our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I was just thinking, I, I hope to bring a just a simple message, uh, in, in general, as, as message about basic doctrine and stuff that uh, we are all familiar with, but it's just uh, Peter in, in, the, in his uh, letter before this talks about the pure milk of the word, and I was just thinking how great of a joy we have just to, to know this truth and to come to God's word, so I pray that this wouldn't be old, but it'd be just something that he just says that even though you are already know these things and have been uh, you know established in the truth which is present in you, firmly established that so I just pray that this would be a blessing and something that would speak to you. Um, so before we'll be camped out, so you don't have to do actually too much flipping. We'll be kept out mostly in First John, um, but. I, I thought maybe an easy way to uh, start this message just to tell you where I'm coming from, why th- this message was, um, why, why I was looking through this and bringing this, what was in my heart, uh, stems from First John chapter three verses nineteen through twenty-one, um, which says, uh, next page, which says. Uh, we will know by this that we are of the truth and will assure our hearts before him in whatever our heart condemns us. For God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. Uh, but I just know that feeling. Sometimes you're thinking of like having your heart condemn you. And we know we are in the truth, but just that wondering what to do and you just have that feeling of, um, okay, there's something not right with God. What? And First John in particular is just a great book. It's the language in it is 
probably is some of the simplest and the simplest in, in the whole New Testament. I've just been starting to learn Greek and have the privilege of doing so. And it's got some of the simplest grammar and basic uh, words, and it's very repetitive and just appreciate it. You can just tell God's heart. They just want you to understand what's going on here. And I, in particular, this, this book is effective as... I'll jump right to the end with First John 5.13, which he kind of summarizes the whole, what I'm going to give you the, the message of his, of his book right here in the beginning. He says, I write these things, these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. And it's such a comforting verse, and we'll be talking about this, that um, we may know that we have eternal life. Sometimes, you know, it's not something that we know we think about, okay, we work out our salvation with fear and trembling, and and it's something obviously not to be taken lightly, but at the same time, it's so great to know that we can have this peace, that we're not going to some approachable God, unapproachable God that's like, I I took a philosophy class, and I was had to meet a, um, my professor went to seminary and lost his faith in, in seminary, and and now just believes that the you know there there's some sort of a god he's a theist but he doesn't uh you know think god is knowable by definition and that's probably if you talk to most philosophy majors things like that that's that's what they would tell you is that you know yeah there's probably is a god but he's just unknowable by definition and thankfully god we have his word here and they don't take that into account that we can know god because he showed himself to us and but when thinking about that condemnation I was uh, talking about, what the other thing that that piece that we have throughout the summation of this book, well, also in the beginning I'll be talking a good bit about First uh, John one nine, which I'm sure if you uh, grew up in church or whatever, you've probably known this verse since you were a small child. Uh, it says, "If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to f- forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness." And now, if you think about that condemnation, you you start to think, "Well, there's got to be there's something in my life I need to confess." And so that word, I think, in Christian circles, can carry a lot of baggage. And I know that probably most of us know that it's not like, "Oh, I, I sinned once before I died and I forgot to pray to confess that one, so I'm going to hell." Well, no, we know God cleanses us from sins, as, as Paul was talking as we were taking communion we have that continual cleansing but it's something that still we it kind of wonder well this i have this condemnation in my heart and i have this you know feel well what is going on what do i need to confess how does confession actually look like and i and i hope to look through that and also one other just a, a slight nuance i i will sometimes mention this is a sidebar that just that uh sometimes say oh john says this or Peter says this, and something I appreciate. I was talking to Pastor Paul, and um, when I say that, it's it's obviously God wrote all the books, and we appreciate that uh, that they were given to us in letters for specific reasons to help us. Not not that it's just a big book of sayings and stuff. It's in letters and specific purposes. And some books have more a focus on one thing or other because they were actually written. But at the same time. Like say uh, when Peter talks uh, in Second Peter talks about Noah and what happened at the flood, since God was there at the flood as well as being there when Peter's writing the book, God can amend his story whenever he wants because he it's not he, like he's changing something. He was there at both times. God's omni, omnipresent and and throughout all of creation, you know. And so it's not something. So I don't all, basically I mean to say I nuance this because. 
sometimes at school, they'll say like, oh, there's Johannian theology or Pauline theology, and I'm like, it's God's theology. So, I, but I just I bring this up also in particular because we'll be going through most of First John, and you'll just be able to see that he writes in a very, you know, I said that simplistic fashion, uh, which is just so great. He refers to the right as, as my little children, you know, and it's just it's a very uh, simple because he just got. I think this is just something so at the basis, like God says, there's. You know, he can sum up the whole word into, you know, love God and love others. It's not like the, the whole Bible is useful. You know, Second Timothy 3.16 says the whole Bible is, uh, is, is profitable. It's not just parts of it. You know, but there are some things which are important for a young person to know first, and then other things will be built on later on. And so we'll be building upon this. And so I, I'd like to start here in... Uh, First John, starting at uh, verse five, this first chapter is kind of like a preamble where the the second through fourth chapters are kind of like where he gives the body of what's going on until he builds up into you know uh, First John five thirteen there at the end where he can stay. I've written these things to you, but right now he's talking about I am writing. He he mentions that like in verse chapter two verse one. I am writing these things to you. Well, this first part is kind of like a preamble where he almost kind of gives what he's saying at the beginning. And here, you'll start to see that, that repetitive structure is saying, and I kind of refer to it as like a positive, negative thing, if you will. Not that one verse is good and one's bad, but that they, he kind of said, here, I'll, I'll just read it here. Uh, this is the message we have heard from him and announced to you, uh, that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. There, you know, the positive affirmation that God is light, it's that uh, in Him there's no darkness. On the other side, if we say we have fellowship with Him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Well, keep on going, you see here in verse 7 and 8, it says, But if we walk in the light as He Himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus His Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say that uh, we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. Well, there you see in like verses 6 and 8, he talks about uh, we lie, we're lying, do not practice the truth. Uh, but then in 8, you see, if we say, uh, say um, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. It's like, it's the, kind of the same thing, but he's building on little by little each, each time in the same way God is light. But then if we, uh, you know, if we lock in the light as he is in the light, it's, he's building on, but then he says a little more, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And it's a, it's a point that I'll bring up more late, uh, later. It'll be useful to notice that this cleanses. You could put it that, uh, say like in verse 6, it says, if we say, well really it's, um, it's saying like, if we said in the past that, that we had no sin, well it's not, says that there, in this word here, it's like a present tense uh, word, and what it's saying, it's a continual action, God is continually cleansing, it's something that's happening in the present, if we, if we, uh, um, God, God's Son is continually cleansing, that's how His blood, and that'll come up in just a sec, but, no, going to 9 and 10, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. There again, verse 6, it's, uh, we lie and do not practice the truth. And 8, uh, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. And 10, we make God a liar and his word is not in us. 
and it's he's he's building on and what we can draw from these of this parallel structure I think is to help us even though there some of these are different words we can start to uh use each of them uh to help narrow our definition to really give us a concrete understanding of what all these different words are are, are saying and especially this is helpful with you know I've been wanting to talk about confession, right? And in verse 9, it says, if we confess our sins, but then in verse 7, if we walk in the light, and, you know, they, they sound like very, it's obviously one's walking and the other's talking, but at the same time, God, you know, I had mentioned before, God said, we can take all the, the law and the prophets is summed up in love God and love others. See, you can take this brought, you know, God in His grace has given us His whole word to direct us in all these different parts of life where we have so many different things that seem so bad. My walk is going to look very different than yours. But at the same time, it can be summed up in these narrow truths. But then, by His grace, He breaks it down because if we are able to be perfect, I suppose we'd be able to just say, love God and love others and, and we'd know and we'd be able to live. But, we're you know, in our uh, state of depravity and our sin, like, we just can't do that and God breaks it down for us. But I think there's more of a tie than we might originally see when he says about if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light and then we say if we confess our sins and it'll be, become more clear in a second but so you see where I'm going with this as, as another sidebar that's just really cool something else I've been learning is there's something called conditional statements and you all know what they are it's a fancy word but you know if then statements like oh if you do this then then I'll give you a treat or or if this happens then this will probably happen you know things like those are conditional statements well this type of conditional statement here in verse 9 literally means if we confess our sins then it is sure that second clause the then is sure to happen the way that it's structured this that verse the way it's structured says that if it's not and then that part in the middle he is faithful and just John likes to you'll notice he does that a lot he is like or in, in, in the Gospel of John, uh, the, the, word, uh, the word was God, or later on it says God is love. He's doing this, God, and so we see here that he, it's a little doctrinal statement. He is faithful and he is just, he's the embodiment of those things, that he is the definition of that's what it is. And, but it's not in the conditional statement. It's cool, it's like a little extra do- doctrine right in the middle, but it's saying, if we confess our sins, then it is sure to happen that uh, He will forgive our sin, uh, to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He is faithful and just, uh, and faithful and righteous. And so, uh, just something cool to take a hold on to. Well, now uh, going into chapter two to start building on finding as we use this parallel structure to help us understand confession. Um, verse two, chapter two, verse one. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation uh, for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for those of the whole world. By this we know that we have come to know him, uh, if we keep his commandments. The one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. Again, that same, you know, uh, I, uh, I'm not sure if I, I don't think I said this yet. I'm not used to two services. That's interesting. Um, that you know, the Bible doesn't have, uh, the Bible doesn't have like bold or italics or underlining and it doesn't have exclamation points. But it, what it does have is repetition to 
okay, this is something that's important. And you can see John here is saying, like, this is, you know, he's he, what he's writing about, and he's trying to build, build it on in. So he's saying it in different ways to uh, broaden understanding, but at the same time he's saying the same thing so that, you know, pay attention to this, you know. But we see here what cut my eye in particular was uh, verse 3. It says, By this we know that we have come to know him, if we keep his commandments. And he, he starts talking about what the, these commandments look like, but in verse, uh, going into chapter 3, verses uh, 23 and 24, you get a concrete statement. He says, This is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. The one who keeps his commandments abides in him, and he in him. We know by this that he abides in us, by the Spirit whom he has given us, so it's the, there. You see two two clear things. It's uh, you know we said we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. What is the commandments? You have uh, the command believe in the name of his son Jesus Christ, and then again to to love one another just as he commanded us. And it's interesting if he caught that verse twenty three. He says commandment, but in in verse twenty four he says commandments, and it's it's interesting that just like Odo was saying that you can take all this stuff and sum it into something small. Well, I think that's kind of what he's doing here. Like, he's trying to say that these are more, even though, like, confession and walking sound more different, they're, you know, different things, we can sum it up into the same, it all comes to the same source here. This is a commandment, but these are his commandments. It's, 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 it's one and the same thing, it, it, to a point. If you, um, well, to look, I think in chapter 4, he gives us a little more, he explains a little more, one, about belief in the first part of chapter 4, and then in love in the second part of chapter 4. And so, you go on to chapter 4, the first couple of verses, it says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Um, by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come into the, in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, of which you have heard uh, that it is coming, and now it is already in the world. And so we see here, it might start to ring a bell a little bit. We need, okay, well there's uh, confession again, that same word. But you think about, okay, well in James it says that you know, you believe that God is one, good. Like, even the devils uh, uh, believe and shudder. Like, they know who God is. So, what is this? And it kind of helps to give us a little more of a definition to uh, what I was saying. That, well, the devils, even they know God. But why is it, it says here, you know, that, that they won't, can't confess God. But it's only, uh, uh, you know, the good, good spirits and, and us who believe, we, we can confess. Well, what is this? And I think we can see confession, even though this word is not mentioned here, it's kind of like repentance in, in this sense, what, what we're talking about. And the, the word repentance, if you break it down, it's literally saying to rethink, to think again at your life. I have a nerdy example. If you, if you like this, you can take it. If not, if you don't know. But uh, in Star Wars, in the second movie, there, Obi-Wan walks into this bar, and there's this guy who's obviously a deadbeat sort of fellow, and he says, you want to buy some death sticks? And you know, it's like, obviously, it's not something you probably want. Uh, but Obi-Wan just looks at him and kind of waves, uses the force and says, no, you want to go home and rethink your life. And that's literally what, what it means here. To Repentance is literally to 
Jesus says, you know, come and follow me. It's literally, drop what you're doing there, change and follow Christ, this repentance. And I, so I think this confession here, it sounds maybe, well, that's, you know, it's, confession sounds like, like a punctual thing, but if you think about it, he's tying it in with walk in the light, and, and they're talking about practicing this. It's not just, and, and the, I mentioned before, that cleansing, it's a continual thing that we see that Jesus Christ is our advocate. He's there at the right hand of the Father now going, no, look, it's paid. It's not something that we, it's just like a one time, it's, it's, a, it's a walk of life. So this confession, sometimes I think we get, you know, we think too much for our salvation. We get it confused with um, other things where really you have to understand it's a repentance, it's a turning away. You were going one direction, now you're going the other. They can't confess. The word confess could also mean here like to admit or to acknowledge. To It's literally to say that, you know, and it's not just an intellectual, it can't just be, oh yeah, the devils know that it's God, but they're not going to follow God. We have been given, the uh, we have this free will, we can choose to follow God or not, and, and that's what we see here that we need to choose to turn away and to and it's not but at the same time God is faithful and just if we choose to follow him he is he is a committed God and he he came to and we'll see that here in just a second where we can tie the two ends of the same cord together uh, with love um, if you go to uh, later verse 7 through 10 says beloved let us love one another for love is from God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God the one who does not love does not know God for God is love and here again you have to be careful if you were just trying to take like a verse and you just took verse 7 and you're thinking well I'm a good person and go well uh, beloved let us love one another for love is from God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God well if you're thinking well you know I, I love people I'm trying to be a nice person or whatever that you know it, it, it sounds good like oh it says here that you know I love well I'm born of God and knows God well no you keep on going well what is this love he's talking about if it's He's tying this commandment, which is commandments, is belief and love. We go here, we'll keep on reading then, verse 9. By this the love of God was manifested in us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world, so that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. And so we see here that we can't even uh, love without God, for God is love. It's the only source, like we, only true love comes from God. And so this, you can't have that love without a belief. They're, you see they're going hand in hand here. It's, it's not that you can just say, oh, I'm going to try and love somebody. Well, you can't do it on your own will. And you can't, like, the, the, see, Jesus himself, this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son the only way to receive this love that we can give to others with it is is from God in the first place, and and so th- those two together it gives us kind of a new picture of, of just confession. Um, so I because I was also I didn't mention earlier I think sometimes we think of confession sometimes we you know we also think of like James five sixteen where it says uh, you know that. We can you know, confess your sins to your brother so that you may be healed. Well, I, I mean, it's very clear in the Bible where it says if you have some, um, 
if you have something where you're actually, say it's against another person, you know, and God says, leave your gift at the altar, go and be reconciled to your brother, and then, you know, come, come back. Don't, uh, and so there, there's a clear side to where, uh, if I have the confession where my heart condemns me, and I am, you know, I know there's something there where I need to, to go to this person, well, yeah, that, that's very clear because it's for our own healing. But on the same, uh, but never get confused on the other side that this, um, never confuse that this confession is from, uh, is, is a turning away. It's not a one time where we have to keep on saying, oh, I'm, con-. we, the remedy is, is clear there in, in John 3 19, where it says, by this we'll know, uh, know that we are the truth and we'll assure our hearts before Him. And whatever our hearts condemn us, for God is greater than our hearts and knows all things. It's just a pure trump card there. God knows the depths of our depravity. He, he, uh, um, he died for us even before that. He knows, you know, our hidden faults. He knows more sins that, you know, David talked about that God forgive me of my presumptuous sins and my hidden sins, things that I don't even know what I did, but you, you know it. And so when we're having that heart, our hearts condemn us, it's not something that we're, it's not a, a, uh, something that we keep on trying to do by our own will and our own effort. It's something that we just come to the throne of grace. Literally, it says, God, God is our advocate. And it's, and that's, um, cause he was the propitiation. It wasn't just like, uh, that his, his death took, his death took away our sins because they needed to be appeased. It was literally an appeasement offering. It was something that God just couldn't look away. And so he is now there at the right hand of the Father going, uh, saying against where the devil is there as well. They, they say the accuser of, of the brethren who is there day and night accusing uh, all of all the saints, but God there through His grace, He's just He now is atoned uh, for our sins, and so um, I I think we can take this and this concept and go back to Psalm uh, thirty-seven verse four. And it's and. I was saying these things all tie together. It says, delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. And so, this delighting yourself in the Lord uh, sounds very, uh, it's, it's another different sort of word. It sounds like a different action, but if we can sum it up with this love uh, and belief, it's, it really takes looks on in the simplest form. It's that same, if, we're, uh, if we have that confidence before God, that we we can just we can ask what we wish, which I mentioned now back to John uh, three nineteen through twenty one. That's the other side. That's the, now if if we know that you know God is greater than our hearts, then it says, beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. So if our hearts don't condemn us, great. Like that's how it. Uh, that's really what the truth is, because God is greater than our hearts, and and if we are walking in the light as He is in the light, we can just have confidence. That's that verse, the summation, or it's in First John five thirteen. I have written these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. 
So it says after that in, in 22, verse, chapter 3, verse 22, so it says, We have confidence before God, and whatever we ask, we receive from Him, because we keep His commandments and do the things that are pleasing uh, in His sight. And that's also that uh, Psalm 37.4, which we're probably all familiar with. So I, I hope whenever you feel like your hearts condemn you, it's something that I know, and if it's not something where it's like, uh, between one person and another, know that God is a, ha, offers a continual cleansing that we no longer need to feel that condemnation because God is greater uh, and He knows all things. He is greater than our hearts. So, let, let me pray. Dear Jesus God, just thank You and praise You that You love us so much to send Your only Son that that whoever believes can uh, have eternal life through Him. And I thank You that we can have this peace to know that, that we can know that we are saved. It's not something that we can have to be in fear. It's not something to wonder like, well, you know, do I need to confess more? Have I not confessed enough? It's, no, it's that we are walking in the light. It is a turning away and turning towards God, that true repentance. And so we can be sure we can examine ourselves and see and be certain and have confidence before you. And I thank you for your grace and it just drives us to be ever more humble before you as we just know the depths of our own depravity and you know it even more. And so we, we know that you have saved us from such a great amount of sin, but at the same time we can have even more of a joy the more we know how much we've been saved from because you have saved us and we, are, uh, we just have peace and security in you. We love you, God. In your name we pray. Yeah.